Exodus chapter 13. Let's begin in verse 19. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn to the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. That's an amazing thing. It's an amazing story. I don't get tired of studying about Moses, which we're doing on Wednesday night in this exodus from God had promised He would bring His people out. He's bringing His people out. He used a man to be the leader, but He brought them out. And He is guiding them and leading them. And Joseph, who had been one of the patriarchs that came in originally to Egypt during the famine, he knew that God was going to bring them out. And he said, when God brings us out, you carry my bones up out of this place. Amen. I want to go with y'all, my bones. I know that Joseph would have been in heaven with the Lord at this time, but Moses was fulfilling the will of God and doing what God called him to do. When he says that the Lord led them, the Lord led them by day with a, a cloudy pillar, pillar of cloud by day, so they'd know where to go and where to stop. He led them by night by a pillar of fire so they'd know where to go and they'd have light, it says. It almost seems like that's a fairy tale. It almost seems like, you know, I wonder what that was really like. Israel had a lot of things like that. They really saw the Red Sea part. They really saw manna come down from heaven. They saw, really saw a rock follow them. And it says that rock was Jesus in the New Testament. And water came out of the rock. Uh, I don't understand it all. They, but, but they got to see these things. And that word lead means when the Lord led them. Okay? It means to guide, to bring away, to govern, to conduct to protect, to sustain, to feed, to transport. And one of the definitions was to flow beside. So it's like a, a river flowing. He's carrying them and he's there with them. Transporting them is one of the definitions from place to place. And I began, uh, I know the, the Lord just put a word on my heart this morning. I know it's for my life. I pray it's, it's for our church as well. I believe it is that uh, to answer the question, can God really lead His people like that today? Was that more of a unique kind of circumstance or situation? Certainly the, the cloud was and the fire, but the way He led them specifically, if you read through the book of Exodus, we see it. And right on into Joshua and so forth, leading him into the, the promised land. Can God really lead His people individually in our lives. He led a nation right there. He was like a big thing going on. Leading Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, through the wilderness, into the promised land. But like I said, it almost seems like it's too good to be true. It almost sounds like you know that's a nice thought. God led the people. I believe it. I believe He actually did that back then. But in reality, it doesn't work like that now. Even for Christians, it doesn't work that way today. It's a good theology, but God doesn't really lead people, individuals and groups of people and His church and so forth in that way. He's not that personal. And I've heard some, some people almost have that 
that mindset. Can God really lead His people like that today? Let me ask you, does God lead His people today? I'm not going to say like that in the sense of, understand what I mean, a pillar in the day and night of cloud and fire. But can and does God lead His people through life? Through He absolutely does. Okay, And it's going to depend, just like everything in our walk with God, who do you believe? And what do you believe? Uh, because God's words tells us that He does lead His people in that way. A skeptic, even a skeptical, and I'll put quotes around it, Christian, might say, well, you know, God gave you, you're asking God to lead you. And they're kind of mocking him a little, a little bit, ridiculing and saying, you know, well, God gave you a brain and talents and abilities. He expects you to go use those things and sort of figure it out on your own. And I would agree that God has given us a brain and education and things like that. And, he, and he, give, he gives us the ability to work and we should work and we should use the things that God has given us. We're to be good stewards of what God has given us. The Christians ought to be the most excellent, I believe, at all we do if it's something God's called us to do, if it's worth doing, okay? I believe that. But I also believe that He desires to and does lead His people. He guides us. He leads us. Okay? And so, He leads us in His ways. He leads us in general ways. And He leads us in specific ways. But He absolutely leads us. And uh, again, some skeptics might think, well, God just kind of gives some rough borders out there somewhere. You know, you ever been in the bowling alley? and you're not good at bowling, or maybe it's little kids bowling, and they put those bumpers up so you can't go in the gutters. It's impossible to go throw a gutter ball. And so some people think it's like, well, God kind of sets some rails out there to keep us in between the rails, but He doesn't get that specific about who you marry and what you major in. And, you know, uh, should I go talk to this person? And what am I going to teach for my Sunday school class? You know, God just kind of... And I totally disagree with that. I believe that God leads His people. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar. And I just refuse to let that thought, whether it be in my own doubting mind or a skeptic or a liberal Christian theology or even the world, determine what I believe about my God and Savior and how I'm going to live my life. Uh, I don't care if a large percentage of the Christian population believes this or not, or a small percentage, I, I believe it from the Word of God, and I believe it from the Holy Spirit inside my heart that God leads His people. I want to read a couple of Scriptures just quickly as we're getting started this morning. Psalm 139.10 Even there, David said, shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. So I read in the Word of God that He is very personal. He is very intimate. You know, like a critic might say, well, God leads us in general ways, but He's not that intimate one-on-one -on -one with an individual. And I believe He is that way. You know Him to be that way. David was talking in Psalm 139 about, you know, if I went to the depths of the sea or took my, the flights of a dove and flew off or wherever I would go, you're going to be there. And he says... Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. I want to read this from, from Proverbs 2.8. He keepeth the paths of judgment 
and preserveth the way of his saints. He does keep the way of his people and his saints. And I want you and I to trust God to lead us. You know, we're praying about it. What's the next building location for our building? Sometimes I'll think, I wonder if people aren't joining our church because we're in this temporary building. And maybe it is. I don't know. I can't answer that. I believe God will send here who He wants to be here. I believe He wants us to be actively winning people to the Lord and bringing them here to be discipled. But we, we can't just say, you know, let's go, let's go start our building next week. We got a little money in savings. Let's just do that as a church. We'll start building on that property in Prairieville. Or let's sell it. We can do those things, but we can't just do those things. We want to be led by God. We need to pray. We need to hear from the Lord. Okay? I believe He's going to lead us. I believe He's led us as a church in our infant little state of two years old. I believe He's led us. In, in the steps that we've taken. We're not infants as believers. You've been saved a long time and walking with Jesus a long time. He's going to lead us. God's Word says that He is personal with individuals like that and with churches. And He leads and guides His people. And He loves us and He knows us. He purchased us with His own blood. And He has a plan for our lives individually and He has a plan for this church until He calls us home and raptures us or calls us home to be with Him. And so, uh, the very hairs of our head are numbered. It's personal to God. And we are personal to the Lord. Our days are numbered by the Lord. He knows the length of our days. He knows all about our lives. And He wants to lead us from A to B to C all the way, keeping us where He wants us to be. Don't you want to be there? I want to be where God wants me to be. Say I've been in the midst of a trial and things are horrible. I want the trial to end. There's no doubt about it. But I want to be with the Lord. And I want to be where the Lord wants me to be. If I just said I'm going to shirk off all these responsibilities and these things that are causing me heartache and fatigue and trouble, I'll just kick that to the side and I'll go take off and go somewhere else. I would rather be in the trial with the Lord. With the Lord in the sense I mean in His will. I'd rather be in the trial with God saying, when I wake up in the morning, at least I know where I'm, I'm supposed to be here. At least I'm doing today what I know my Savior has called me to do. Rather than to shirk all that, kick it aside and just say, I'm just go have some me time for a little while. You know, be where God, we, we want to be where God wants us to be. And so he says he will perfect that which concerns us. He's going to do it. So he's perfecting that. Anything that has anything to do with you, He bought you with His blood, or me. He is perfecting that, or completing that is what it means. Bringing you and that thing in your life, that calling, your purpose on this life, the number of days, and what you are to accomplish in that length of days, He's perfecting all of that. He's completing it. He's bringing it to a well-finished completion. You know what I mean? Like Moses died in the fullness of his days. Jacob died in the fullness of his days. They died, Joshua and Caleb. You know, they were old and yet they still had the strength of a young man. And they were able to do what God called them to do. The Bible tells us that's how we want to be. That we're going to be here as long as God wants us to be here, but we're going to be here doing what God wants us to do with God as long as He wants us. Come on, on earth, not this physically, physically this location as a church. He is working in us. Uh, 
Our body is his temple. He's guiding us. He's leading us. And so we want to walk with the Lord and be where God has called us to be. He says the meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way. It's wonderful to know the way of the Lord, not just say, "Okay, God, tell me 10 things I should do over the next 10 years of my life. You know, I'm on the 10 year plan or whatever, but to know the way of God. The Bible tells us in the Psalms that Israel saw the works of God and the miracles of God. They were eyewitnesses. Like I said, they saw manna come down from heaven. We're hungry. Okay, they saw the sun stand still when Joshua was, you know, held his hands up. They saw these things take place, but they had no, it did not draw them individually into a relationship with God. Moses was in that relationship with the Lord. Joshua and Caleb were in that relationship with God. All of the rest of them died in unbelief. Okay? So they knew his ways. And he says here, the meek will he guide in judgment, the meek will he teach his way. That humble one who comes to God and we say, show me. Don't just give me a ten-point plan of direction. Show me yourself. Give me some direction in my life to grow close to you, to walk with you day by day, to hear your voice, to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's how I want to live. That's how God's called us to live. Let's look at John. We all know the passage here in John chapter uh, 10. Aren't you glad that God gives these word pictures and descriptions to explain. So we say, oh, I get it. I understand. And here he gives one of these when he's talking about being the good shepherd. He is that. And he calls us his sheep. I'm not literally a sheep with wool, but we're his sheep. Okay. And the Bible says that for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, as quoted from Psalm 95. But let's look at this in John 10, verse 2. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. So can God lead his people? Does he lead his people? Absolutely. I don't care what some liberal Christian thinks, or some mocker that's scoffing and saying, oh, you should be praying all the time. Has God showed you who to marry yet? Has God showed you this, that? Well, I'm still praying. He's going to show me. I absolutely believe He's going to show me those things. He's going to give me the details. He calls His own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when He putteth forth His own sheep, He goeth before them. And the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. They know His voice. I just said, we are the sheep of His pasture. We are the people of the Lord and of His hand. So He is that personal. He is that intimate. He does want to lead us. Do we want to go to Him and seek Him for that direction though? Because it takes a walk with God to do that. It's not just when we get in a bind, help me out, Lord. You know, or we're feeling really spiritual one day and we take a little time to, to pray and read some psalms. But going through life, do you want to be led by the Lord? He wants to lead you. He's the good shepherd. He's going to lead you. Are you going to listen to him? Are you going to follow? Are you going to try to discern and recognize the voice of the Lord? He is very personal. Okay? He's very personal and knows you by name. He calls his own sheep by name. I think that's significant. He died for you. He rose again for you. You hath he quickened who are dead in your sins and trespasses. 
right? It's very personal to the Lord. But let's look at this just for a minute. How does the Lord, uh, how does the Lord lead his people? How does he do it? Okay, how do I hear from God? Let me ask you this. You don't have to raise your hands, but who in here has ever heard from the Lord before? How many of you heard God speak to you? How many of you know that it was God that spoke to you and were led by the Lord? I have been. I want to be much more. And I'm sure there are people that have walked much closer to the Lord than I have that hear Him in specific ways even more frequently than I do. But I have heard from the Lord. The Bible tells us, not in the passage we just read in John 10, not only does the Lord have the ability to lead His people and the desire and the intent to lead His people or His sheep, which we are, but He says His people will, will hear His voice. And my sheep hear my voice. They will hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. Okay? Because you, if you ever wondered before, I have as a Christian still to this day sometimes I'll say, what if I miss God? What if I miss God? Something really big where you just can't afford to miss God on this. You say, what if I miss God on that? And what if I, I don't hear His voice? Or what, what if He speaks and I didn't recognize that was Him and I thought it was just me? You know what I mean? Have you ever, th these thoughts go through our minds. No, we're human beings. But it's almost like all that's cleared up. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. And he goes on, we didn't read it, in the voice of a stranger, will, he not, will they not follow? Because they don't know the voice of a stranger. I know I've shared it before. I'm certainly not an expert on shepherd and sheep, but I was reading in, you know, in the east where people, you know, where these shepherds are out on the hillsides tending to, to their flocks that those sheep do become very accustomed and acquainted to the voice of their shepherd. If I went out there all of a sudden and said, all right, got sheep, it's time to go, whatever the shepherd says to them, get a drink of water, they're just going to look at me and bat, you know. They're not, they're not following me. They're just going to stay put. The, that is true, but that, the voice of the shepherd, when he comes, whatever he says to them, whatever they can understand, I don't know if they understand words, but they understand it's their shepherd speaking to them and their safety there, and he's the one that we're to follow. And that is very true, even with real sheep, okay? And so if a real sheep who's not bright can follow a shepherd and know the voice of their shepherd, is perfectly uh, able for God, and we're not really bright either, to hear the voice of our good shepherd and to follow him. I guess what I'm saying, I don't want to live in fear. What if I miss God? What if I miss God? What if I miss God? You know what I do? When I start doing that to myself, I go to the Lord and I say, I don't want to miss you, God. Don't let me miss you. I'm going to trust that you're going to keep me from missing you. If I missed you, it's not because I wanted to. It's not willful rebellion. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow. He says his sheep will hear his voice and follow. How will I know? This is a million dollar How will I know when I meet the right girl to marry or the right, right guy to marry? Uh, how will I know they're the one? And what's the answer that parents always give? You'll just know. Can I tell you that that is true? You will just know. And all the things that God has for us, He leads us and guides us. But I want to stay close to Him. 
If you want to work on your spiritual hearing or discernment, there is one answer to that. Stay close to Jesus. Those sheep stay close to their shepherd. To where it's not someone mimicking the shepherd's voice who can do a pretty good job of sounding like the shepherd, but they really know their shepherd. Okay? And that, that is us as, as believers. That would be the one thing if we're going to stay close to, to the Lord and be led by Him. How does God lead us? I don't, I don't believe that He leads us. I'm not saying He cannot do this, okay? But typically, God does not lead us by a cloudy pillar by day and a pillar of fire by night, does He? It's not, nor did He promise in His Word to do that. He did promise to lead us. Didn't say that He had to do it that exact way. In fact, I've never known of another group of people that have been led in that way. But He does promise to lead us. How does He lead me day by day? How does He lead me in my ups and downs? How does He lead me in big decisions and little decisions? How does He lead me when I'm young and just a child as opposed to when I'm old? How does He lead me all of my days? And He, he literally is able to lead us. We have an unction from the Holy One. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And you shall hear a voice behind you. It says in Isaiah, you shall hear a voice behind you saying, here is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the left or turn to the right. That's one of many scriptures where he's telling us, you're going to hear the voice. It doesn't say you might. You're going to hear the voice. The question is, will you listen? Will you heed it? Will you obey what God tells us? He's always going to lead us and guide us. Okay, He's going to lead us and guide us. I was thinking about these in, in, in the Bible. He led uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Saul's son, who was a mighty warrior in his own right. He led Jonathan and his arm bearer. And you know the story. He's, he says that the, they were kind of hiding out. The, the, the Hebrews were hiding out and afraid of the Philistines. The Philistines had this garrison of soldiers up on this cliff. And Jonathan felt the Lord's unction said to his arm bearer, we're going to go up and, and discover ourselves or reveal ourselves, just the, just the two of us, to this group of Philistine warriors on the top of that cliff. And if we get there and they say, uh, come up and we're going to show you a thing or two. No, they said, if, you, if, you, if, you, if they say to us, wait right there and we're coming to you, we'll know that the Lord didn't send us. He wants us to wait and fight another day. If they say to us, come on up here, we're going to show you a thing or two, then we'll know that God has delivered them into our hands. I mean, it's a peculiar thing. But he felt he was led by the Lord on that day to almost set that fleece out before the Lord. So his arm bearer says, I'm with you, whatever, I'm with you, whatever you say, let's do it. They climb up on their hands and knees up this cliff. And they get there and the Philistines say, come on over here, we're going to show y'all a thing or two. And the earth thundered, God thundered and shook. And these two men, Jonathan and his arm bearer, slew this whole company of Philistines. He heard from the Lord. That's a weird thing. It doesn't mean tempt the Lord and say, I'm just going to go do this. He, he laid this out before the Lord. He felt led by God. And if they respond in this way, when we first see them, they will know God's given us the victory. And it was that way. There's scripture after scripture. Gideon, we know the story. 
you know, put your fleece before God. A lot of people may not even know where that phrase comes from. I'm going to lay a fleece before the Lord. He literally led a fleece before God. Same thing. You want me to fight against the Midianites who are like grasshoppers in multitude and we just have a few people here. We don't have weapons. We're hiding out. Uh, and you say you're going to use me to do it. God, please forgive me. But if you're really going to do this by my hand, I need to know for sure. And I'm going to set my this fleece out, this piece of clothing, and in the morning, I don't remember which came first, let there be the ground be wet and the and the fleece be dry, or vice versa, and the Lord did it. Okay? The next day, we'll let the fleece be wet and the ground be dry. Then I'll know. And there was enough water in the fleece the next day to wring it out and fill up a bowl of water. He says, Okay, this is the Lord. He spoke to him, right? is a weird way. God doesn't promise He has to do it that way again for you or for me. But He does promise to guide us. He promises, promises to lead us. Now I need to be the man of God, the person of God, to give heed to God. I need to listen to Him. I need to want to hear. There was a story about Numbers, and we're not going to read it, but Aaron, who is Moses' brother, and they're in the wilderness, and and uh, Korah led this rebellion. He was one of the leaders of Israel, one of the tribes. And he led this rebellion against Moses and Aaron. He said, Who are, you know, we want to go back to Egypt. Y'all led us out in the wilderness. God just wants to kill us. You, who do you think you are leading us out here? And they turn on Moses. They turn on Aaron. They turn on the Lord. And God says, I'm, I'm going to show who's, who's of me, who's representing me. Korah, I want you to get one, uh, one leader from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and Aaron's going to represent his tribe of the Levites, and y'all bring your rod, okay, this staff, rod, and lay, they lay it up in the temple, in the tabernacle. They laid it in the tabernacle, and in the morning, Aaron's rod had budded. It actually grew olive branches and bore fruit on it overnight. He said, This is my man. You listen to Aaron and Moses, okay? God spoke to the people, right? He doesn't have to do it that way again. The angel spake unto Philip. This is in Acts chapter uh, 8, I believe. The angel spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. So Philip was preaching. There was a great revival going on in Samaria at his ministry. Okay, and then God says, arise and go. How did God say it to him? How did he hear him? It's very specific. Leave the revival. We would have wanted to stay. They were, Lord, this is where it's all happening. No, I want you to get up right now. And I want you to go down from Jerusalem towards the south unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. That's where he met the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Who knows if that didn't bring the gospel to Ethiopia? Because the man was heading home. We just don't know. It's exciting to be led by God and to hear His voice. That's a New Testament Scripture. It wasn't a pillar of fire or a pillar of cloud. The Lord spoke and doesn't say how He spoke, but He heard. Elijah heard a still small voice. God speaks and His people hear. He is able to communicate with His people. Look at Acts chapter 16. Turn with me if you would there. Acts 16, verse 9. And a vision appeared unto Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. 
And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for, for to preach the gospel unto them. Again, God can speak any way he chooses. But Paul had a walk with the Lord where he could trust Paul, so to speak. He put a vision, Paul heard, and they understood. The Lord knew Paul was going to go, first of all, if he sent it. Okay? And he was going to get it. He was going to understand it. And I think that comes through our walk with the Lord and our closeness to God and our intimacy with God. He leads all of his sheep, but I think the more closely we walk with the Lord, the more closely we're going to hear him, the more he will call, he will speak to us in dreams and visions and unctions in our heart. How did he speak to Philip? I don't know, but he just said, go down to this road. You know, he told him and, and he went. He arose and went. Paul and, and Luke, that was probably who was with him, they got up and they went. They, they knew, hey, this is God calling us to go preach the gospel in Macedonia. They had planned on going somewhere else before that vision. God spoke to them. Y'all, y'all, is it important that we be led by God? Absolutely. Is it a blessing to be led by God? Absolutely. I cannot be led by my emotions. I cannot be led by my mind, although God's given me my mind to use it. I can't be governed through life by my, my mind. I need to be governed by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. So how does He speak? How does He do it? How does He lead His people? He leads us uh, by His Word. Amen? He leads us by His Word. Thy Word, we all know the Scripture, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What is your Word? What is His Word, right? It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He guides us. I was reading this Scripture this week in Proverbs. Just listen to it. 6.23 For the, command, the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. And reproofs of instructions are the way of life. So it's almost the same thing Solomon was saying, right? For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. And reproofs of instructions are the way of life. It's God's correction. It's God's leading. It's God's guiding us through life from His Word. And I'll say this, the more that you and I grow in the Word, okay, not just a head knowledge, the more we grow in the Word of God, the more clearly we will hear and recognize the voice of our Good Shepherd. There's no doubt about that. He wants to lead all of us. You say, well, how come they're always hearing from God? They're always saying, God showed me this. They're always right. And God did this. And, and God showed me that. He's going, he wants to speak to you in that way. There's gifts of the Spirit He wants to use us in. A word of knowledge. A word of discernment. Just everyday uh, guidance by the Lord. Being led by the Lord. The Holy Spirit speaks to us and moves us and guides us and teaches us and reveals the things of God to us primarily through the Word of God. And so the more we grow in that, the more we're going to be led by the Lord. So our hearing can improve. Our hearing can improve. Our spiritual hearing as we grow in Christ and in His Word. And, and this is the last thought that I really want to bring to today. Uh, our ears can be, the Bible says, dull of hearing. When Jesus has quoted from Isaiah, Isaiah says it in all four of the Gospels, I believe, is the, uh, the parable of the seed and the sower where that is referred to again. Where Jesus said, well did Isaiah prophesy of you 
you know, then seeing you'll not see and hearing you're not going to really hear. Your ears are dull of hearing. Your hearts have waxed gross. Okay? You hear, but you don't get it. And you're not listening. Our ears can be dull of hearing. And I believe it says we neglect God and neglect His Word. And anytime God does show you something to do, or me something to do, it is imperative, y'all, that we do that. Well, say, well, this is a little, he showed me a few little things to do, but they weren't really important. I want to do this. Say, I want to go be a missionary to India. But he showed me to go uh, witness to my next door neighbor. Just two of them. Go knock on these two doors. Tell them, I, ask them if, can I share the gospel with you? I don't really feel like doing that. I'm a little embarrassed. I want to be a missionary to India. Okay? It's important that we do what God tells us. Our ears can be dull of hearing and our hearts can wax gross. Not because we don't really hear. Or maybe we're still reading our Bibles. But I believe if we're not acting upon what He has shown us, that quickening, that unction of the Holy Spirit to do this, some simple little things He's told us to do, and we don't do that. And then we forget. We forget that, forget that God ever showed us to do that two years ago. You see what I'm saying? He wanted me to start a Bible study in my home. For my neighbors. He showed me that five years ago and I kind of forgot about it. Well, remember it. Ask God to revive it. I, be I believe He will. Bring it back to your heart. But our ears can be dull of hearing, not because God's not speaking anymore, but because we're not already heeding and obeying what He shows us. That's going to heighten our sense, our sense of spiritual hearing. Okay? And how does God lead us? I want to get specific. His Word. But don't think that being led by the Lord is something separate from the Lord Himself. He's not throwing you a compass over there in the woods. Here it is. Figure it out. Head northeast. Okay? God doesn't do that. He's not leading us apart from Himself. And this is the thought I want to leave us with this morning. Uh, he leads us, He guides us, He carries us, He sustains us. It's not simply something of God that's a good thing or even a godly thing that He gives us. What He's given to us to lead us is Himself. He, was, he led the Israelites in that pillar of fire by night and cloud by day. He was in the midst of it. He didn't just sit back and throw something out there. I'm going to send this big ball of fire out there. Y'all follow it now. It was Him. Moses understood that. Okay? And the people of God understand that. That uh, He's with us. He speaks to us. He carries us. He brings men to repentance that are lost. Right? He does it. It's Him guiding us. He conducts His own safely through this earthly life and all the way to heaven to be with Him. He does that. Him. He's conducting us all the way. It's not a GPS in your car or on your phone. Listen to this Scripture in Isaiah 48.17. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. It's Me. I'm the Lord, your God, personal, and I'm teaching you the way you should go and I'm leading you the way that you should go. God is doing that. Being led by the Lord. Listen to Christians, believers this morning. Being led by the Lord is not something that's acquired from a 12-step program. This is not a spiritual 
or religious technique. Alright? It is, comes through a relationship by faith in God. By putting our faith in Jesus and being washed in His blood and knowing Him. And walking with Him. It's not a 12-step program. It's not uh, follow these, these rules. Of spiritual rules. It comes through an ongoing relationship with Almighty God. Mighty God. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. And y'all always say this when I say an ongoing relationship with God. You know, for all of us here, it's not enough that you said, and I'm totally making this up, well, you know, when I was 25, God delivered me from drug addiction and saved me, and, and praise God for that. That is part of our testimony. But an ongoing, if you want, and I'm, let's say I'm 45 now, okay, or 55, who is Jesus to me today? I need to be led by God today. He did deliver me, I'm, I'm making this up, from drugs and alcohol or whatever. When I was 15, 18, 25, He radically changed my life. I was about to kill myself. God saved me. Uh, and I thank the Lord. That's a huge part of our testimony. But if I'm going to be led by God from here to heaven, I need to be led by the Lord in an ongoing walk with God. In this stage of my life. In the next stage of my life. At every moment of my life. Ongoing. Who is Jesus to you today? How close are you today to the Lord? What's He been doing in your life this past week? You know what I'm saying? Tell me. What's God showing you? What's happening? What's the Lord doing in your life? Being led by God is not uh, just a religious formula. As I said, I think about Paul Youngie Cho and the, his big quote Christian church. It doesn't seem at all Christian to me in, in Seoul, South Korea. Biggest church in the world so it uh, claims to be. He has his book, The Fourth Dimension. And basically, it's Eastern techniques, Eastern religion, like from the Hindus and the Buddhists. And their, their uh, techniques on meditation and yoga and, and all that and mind control. And you understand what I'm saying? And all, all these techniques. And he says, and he's not the only one, by the way, they're these Christian, quote, mystics and people that change from Catholic to Baptist and Baptist to Catholic and they're all over the place spiritually. Uh, and they'll say, we need to learn these techniques. Christian church, they speak in Christian churches. They do it. I've read books about it. They'll speak in a big Baptist church and say, we need to learn their techniques. We need to learn what the Buddhists have known for centuries. We need to learn what the Hindus have known for centuries because they get it. They've tapped into this spiritual... Uh, power through their meditation or their mantras or their yoga or their breathing exercises or their meditation. And no, we don't need that. Amen. Being led by God and being empowered by God and directed by the Lord, He says, no, that, that's not it. My sheep hear my voice. That's what He said. So I don't have to say some mantra. I need to go find some Buddhist monk or Hindu priest and say, teach me these these." Techniques, you know, these spiritual techniques because I need more spiritual power or I need to hear from God more. No, my sheep hear my voice. He says, and He leads them out. I want to close with a couple of Scriptures. Again, that Moses understood this, that the, the leading of God is not separate from God. The leading of God is Him. Him personally leading us. Turn with me to Exodus. We'll look at two Scriptures real quickly. Exodus 23. Let's start in verse 20. 
so they're in the, they're in the wilderness. God's going to keep leading them on. The Lord says to Moses in Exodus 23, 20, Behold, I send an angel. There's a capital A right there. It's different than other times where the Lord says an angel of the Lord and things like that. It's, not, it's supposed to be different. Okay? Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. That has to be the Lord. To keep you in the way and to bring you all the way to the place where you prepare. Beware of him and obey his voice. Just stop there and skip down to verse uh, 23. For my angel, again with a capital A, shall go before thee and bring thee into the land of all the Canaanites that are mentioned there. And will, I will cut them off, all the Canaanites. So there specifically, I believe, is the, the angel of the Lord in the sense that's the pre-incarnate Christ. That's who is going to lead them. Beware, listen to him, hear his voice. He's going to lead you. Now skip to chapter uh, 33. Exodus 33. Verses 1 and 2. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence. And thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel. That's different, isn't it? I will send an angel before thee. And I will drive out the Canaanites and so forth. Now skip down. Now Moses knew there was something different about ch chapter 33 than who he was going to send in, in verse 23. And I'm going to show how we know that. Look at, at uh, chapter 33. Skip down to verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not yet not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, and I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this, this, is an, this nation is thy people. And listen what the Lord said. And the Lord kind of he answers that prayer. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. In other words, Lord, if you're not going with us, specifically you, don't take us from this place. Don't go take us anywhere. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be uh, separated, and I be thy people, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said unto him, Moses, I will do this also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. So one, one place he promises the angel of the Lord, an angel, beware of him, listen to him, he'll bring you in. Later he, he, was, uh, he says, go on Moses, take these people with you. And he says, I'll send an angel with you. Moses said, no, that's not going to do it. I want that other angel you told me about. I want that one that's going to, that's the way, that's going to lead me into the way. And so y'all, is it not for us the same thing that God leads us by himself? It's his presence that we know that we're in the will of God. We discern his presence. We are in the word of God. So we know we're walking in the way. And we're in, we're being led by the Lord. That's how he leads us. That's how he guides his people is, is by his very presence being with us. As I say, he's not throwing you a book. 
Even the Bible. He's not thrown it to us separate from Himself. And say, here it is. Go, go do everything that book says. Okay, God. Got it. He, it's not like that. He, he is leading us. He's leading us by His Word. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But like Moses said, if you don't go with us, don't take us anywhere. He says, my presence will be with you. Then Moses was satisfied. And he went. Okay? That's how we need to go. We need to be satisfied. We need to pray that the Lord would lead us. And I'm closing with this. We need to pray that he'll, He's going to lead us not into temptation. He's going to lead us in the life everlasting. He's going to show us the way that we should go. When Jesus told His disciples He's about to go to the cross in John 14, and He said, uh, you know, don't let your hearts be troubled in my Father's house or many mansions and so forth. And, and, and He says, and where I go you know and the way you know. Where I'm going you know. Going to my Father. My Father's in heaven. I'm going to prepare a place. Where I go you know. And the way you know. Philip says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Philip, have I been so long with you and still you don't understand and know me? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He leads us in the way. He's leading us in the capital W way in Christ. It's Him. Grow in the Lord. Stay close to the Lord. You'll never be outside of His will. If you're about to step out, you'll hear a voice behind you. Here's the way. Walk in it. Here's the way. Here's Jesus. That's why we know the laughter movement wasn't of God. Because they were barking like dogs and rolling around on the floor at the altar of the church saying this is a movement of God. Jesus is not doing that. That's not the Lord. Okay, so there's a way. We know from the Word and from the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ in us, He leads us in the way that we, we should go. Amen? He calls us by name. And He leads us out. He leads. We may not know the next step. You can come on up if you would. You might not know at some point where you are right now. And you say, well, I can't. It looks dark. I'm just talking about the, your path. And you can't really see the very next step. Or maybe you only see the next step. But you can rest assured God is going to lead you. All you really have to see and all I really have, I want to see all, I want to see the next thousand steps. You know, just lay it out there. I don't want any confusion. Any, you know, just show me. But God doesn't do that. He can do that. But He chooses not to do that. All I have to do is to see Him. And I see Him in front of me. And I know I'm walking the way I'm supposed to be walking. So I'll get up Monday morning and I'll wake up Monday morning and wipe the sleep out of my eyes. And like David, I'm going to set the Lord before me. Because that's when I know I'll be in the right way. And I'll be in the right way all through that day. Until I go to sleep at night. And the next day wakes me up. That will include little decisions, big decisions, all through life. And He's going to bring me all the way home. How did I get here? He brought me. He brought me here. Amen? He led us. He kept us in the way that we should go. I messed up royally a thousand times. But He keeps me where I need to go. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I want you to stand with me. And we're going to close. There's not a person in this room that doesn't need to be led by God. 
And there's not a person in this room that God doesn't want to lead your life and guide you. Every day. Every day. Every decision you have to make. Who your friends are. Everything. He wants to lead you and guide you. And He's going to do it. These altars are open. This altar is open. You find a place. Ask God to lead you and guide you. You want your spiritual hearing to get better? Grow closer to Jesus. Grow in the Word. He's the Good Shepherd. I want to read this. I'm closing with this, but the altars are open now. So you can meditate on it as I'm reading it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, we praise You this morning.